0: Hey, I hope you're all doing okay. Uh, it's been quite a while that we've all been holed up in our houses right now, and uh, I hope this podcast has actually been helping out a little bit. Me listening back to a time when I could go, I pre-record all of these ahead of time, so I have time to edit them and piece them together and add the audio and all that. So a lot of these were done back, I think I stopped recording them in January. And this person that I talked to today, by the way, first of all, uh, before I get into that, don't forget to go to my website, TomRaysWebsite.com and check out all of the, I've I've started one of the things before going into business for myself that I was going to do is I was going to document more of what I do, the process of things. And right now I have two videos that are up about how I put my podcasts together, how I do the artwork, how I get these YouTube videos up that play the wave file form, things like that. So I've got those up. Plus I've also, instead of a Patreon or something like that, uh, I collect a lot of old toys. So I've been selling things that you can support me with and get something neat for yourself on my website at Tom and click on the eBay link that's in the navigation. So don't forget to go check that out. Plus don't forget to read my daily comic uh, about just what's happening in my day. Just Again, just kind of drawing things, finding ways to make creativity out of just everyday lives, and also meeting people like on the podcast that I'm talking about here. And here's I, I'm also a musician, actually. I should I should start out with that because that's the reason that i've that I had this this actual interview today. Uh, I, ta- I, I go into more detail about it and how I found this person. I actually reached out uh, reached out to them. And they were kind enough to talk with me. But it all started just because I was trying to animate a video for my band, Lorenzo's Music. And I wanted to see if one of my favorite bands had ever done an animated video. So this whole conversation that I had with this person started just because I decided to look up a video by a group that's called Man Man. And if you've never heard of them... You should go check them out. They're a super unique band. But their first album, they had a song called English Blood. And uh, and it's all misspelled. So it's really difficult for you to just, with me saying that, go find it. So if you go to Tomary's website.com and look for this post uh, for this show, there's a link to it in the notes. But uh, I looked up this video and there was an animation for it. And I'll just leave it at that because I'm going to explain the entire thing again in just a few minutes. So here is the episode for today. Uh, Please, also, I'm almost done with my pre-recorded videos. And I think I'm going to start doing a call-in show. And I want to do one that's a lot faster. So I know everybody right now is kind of putting their stuff online and looking for ways to promote themselves. And I think I'm going to do a call-in show on my YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash tmray. That's uh, Tom Ray without the O. And I want to do a weekly, possibly bi-daily call-in show. And I want people just to call up and go, hey, this is what I do. Here's my website. I'm going to start doing that soon. So if you haven't already, uh, subscribe to my YouTube page and check that out. And uh, I just, I mean, it's going to be a not screened. It's just going to be, here's the time that I'm doing it. Whoever can get through, tell me what you're all about sort of thing. Anyway, so... That, uh, I forget where I was going with that, but anyway, here is the show for today. Don't forget to go to Tom Ray's website.com and also sign up for the mailing list to get on that call show and, uh, on with the show. I'm Tom Ray and this is my art podcast. On this episode of the podcast, I get the chance to meet
1: Lindsay Kovnat, multimedia artist,
0: looking at some of your stuff that you have over the internet it's changed a lot over the years and they're different. And and I don't know how much of it you still do and how much of it you've changed. So I want to start first with how I found you and why I wanted to contact you, which is, so I'm in a band called Lorenzo's music. And a while back in like 2006, there was this band man, man that released an album and and people were telling me they're like, Hey, is this you guys? Like literally they thought it was us. (laughs) And I was like, no, this is much better. <laughs> so, so I started listening to man, man, a great album, all kinds, of, you know, loved them over the years. Just recently I decided I, I wanted to animate a video for an upcoming EP that we have. And I was trying to look for examples of, cause I don't want to, you know, I have something in my head, but then you try to go look at like, what have, what have other people animated for videos and get mm-hmm. something that's like, instead of just what's in your head, maybe it'll give you another idea. So I started searching around and I was like, I wonder if Man Man ever did an animated video. Seems like something they do. So I searched (laughs) YouTube and I found your YouTube channel and it had the Man Man video on there. And I'm like, with the amount of views and the amount of subscriptions you had, I'm like, is this just something that she made for... The song and put it out there, but then when I looked more, you won a freaking Nicktoons award for it. So then I was like, "What? What is this person?" So I looked you up on Instagram. You have two accounts on Instagram. You have an art account and a personal account. You yeah, have.
1: I got lost when I switched
0: phones. (laughs) I was wondering why one of them hadn't been updated in a while. Okay. And then, so then I finally, I was just like, this is all fascinating. And the fact that now I was like a half hour into looking you up online and I was like, well, I need to talk to this person. So I reached out to you and that's what brings us here today. So let's start first with the man, man video. Now it is a multimedia sort of stop motion, sort of pixelated or live action. It's a lot of stuff. So could you first tell me how that video got started and what you did to make that?
1: It was the first thing I did when I graduated art school. Like I went to school for animation, like my senior animation art school was like this mixed media extravaganza. It was like, black and white, like hand drawn animation. And then this character goes into like a stop motion world where everything's in color. And um, so it's like, yeah. And then there's like live action, there's pixelation, everything combined. And then somebody was at that show and they came up to me, it was Man Man's pseudo tour manager or something like that. Okay. Like worked at UArts, the college I went to. And they came up to me and, um, you know, at our local coffee shop and they were like, I really want you to do this music video for Man-Man, but I don't want you to tell them. Like, can you do it like, you know, oh. on the, <laughs> the DL? Like, don't let them know. And I was like, I don't know about that. Why? You know, like, because well, he's like, exactly. well, I
0: Why? <laughs> <laughs> I know.
1: <laughs> he's like, I don't think Ryan from Man-Man... I, they don't know what's good for them, basically. Like, I want you to do this. This is what's really good for them. And I soon found out why that was the case. Because, like, this guy had a vision. And he understood, like, what would look good with Man Man music. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why he approached me. So, But I was like, no, I want to meet them. I want to talk to them about it. You know, maybe we could get paid for this. Maybe it would be good. So I met with all of them. And, I mean, Ryan told me from Man Man that he was more interested in getting, of having a, a video that was like hipster girls playing volleyball. That's his idea of his, <laughs> of a music, his ideal music video would be. Okay. Like mentally clad ladies playing volleyball or something. Uh-huh. Like that. And I was, okay, I can kind of see why this guy wanted to go behind his back and just make a video. So anyway, we ended up like making the video more collaboratively and involving them and video recorded their heads on green screens and like superimposed it. Hand-drawn animation bodies, and included them in the whole process. Like showed them like storyboards and everything. So I got their approval all the way through. So they were into it, and they definitely were into it. There was talk about getting it on like a compilation with Tom Waits videos too. And there was talk about that.
0: How so, wait, how I'm, so? Like just using his videos, or like yeah, trying to.
1: Yeah, I think like the guy, somebody that was in charge of Man Man or some had hands in Man Man, (laughs) was like trying to make a compilation of all these different videos. At the time, it was like 2005, so it was like way before like the internet was as happening. Yeah, like YouTube Um, had just
0: started in 2005, if I'm not mistaken.
1: Yeah, that's why my video is so pixelated on there because it's like (laughs) you know I got it up right when it started. Yeah. I was thinking about liquid television. I was always made it as noisy as possible. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> with a lot going on as much going on as possible and just really weird characters and aliens and uh, creatures, characters. I, I kind of did it like frame by frame, like you know, lyric by lyric, uh, just illustrating the lyrics of that song. Yeah. And like the, the giant fee-fi-fo-fum, I smell the blood of an Englishman. Like we made this giant stop motion doll mm-hmm. You know, it had like a wire armature inside. And we did like the whole like process of molding, like we made a mold and we, cast the mold and we tried to involve like Philly in there. Cause it was very, you know, man, it was like, you know, Philly band and wanted to have like was, Pats and Gino's cheesesteaks, is really popular.
0: So how long did it take you to make this? You just, now we're talking about creating a giant monster. Then you've got a bunch of other stuff and then layering of video on top of mixed media art. Like how long did the whole project actually take you to do?
1: Oh my God. It took probably a year. Right out of school. I got a job with this guy. Moses, who hired me to be an animator to make this TV station for PSPs.
0: You're talking about back when PSP had kind of like the first portable video machine, but it also played games. I remember everybody was trying yeah. to make formats for that during that time. That's right.
1: Yeah, I know. It's like, I guess it was like the first prototype of like what could be. But yeah, I, uh, I got a job with him and he said, and he really didn't have a way to like make money off of me or. Kind of, it was so strange. It was like the strange job. He just wanted me to develop content and get all of my friends that I went to art school with to contribute their content to some TV station. But he had this amazing studio space. He's like, oh, you can use the studio space to work on the Man Man thing. And then, oh, and then you have to put put on a a show of Man Man playing live at our space. And then you get all the money from putting on that event too. And we made this gigantic event. And then I ended up making money from that, kind of like maybe $400 or something. But I really, he got Batman to not pay me for that, uh, to not pay for the music video in exchange for them playing live at our space. So I agreed to that because I was stupid right out of school. I used the space there. It has like a long, like, I think that music video, we, we first started working on it in like my friend Kent's basement, who I, we were collaborating on the video. Uh, we like used his basement, set up this big green screen, this like you know, dingy, dark basement in, in South Billy. and then got got the job with Moses, and then moved on to like this, you know, more like larger warehouse space to work on it, which was like a nice change. But okay. so it went through different, like locations and you know scenarios.
0: Well, how did you win a Nicktoons award?
1: Federator. <laughs> oh that? yeah,
0: they were the ones that were involved in like Fairy Odd Parents and all that kind of stuff.
1: So they. I think maybe they contacted me or something. Maybe it was, I can't remember what happened first. There was definitely a write-up on Pitchfork about the video, but they reached out to me and then I know they're connected to Nicktoons.
0: Did you get to go or anything like that? Or it was just, oh, it was submitted. It
1: was all—it was TV. Okay. It was just like broadcasted on TV. That's cool. Yeah. It's really cool. Cause I still get like teenagers who were like really young when they saw it on TV right. and they comments on like my YouTube video of it. They're like, oh my God, I can't believe I saw this on Nicktoons when I was like seven.
0: (laughs) Where were you even going to college at?
1: I went to University of the Arts in Philadelphia.
0: What kind of animation were you looking to do?
1: I had a dream of doing, of being like an independent animator, experimental, independent animator, having my own company. You know, it was right out of school when I got the music video, I was like, And I got another music video after that plastic little and another music video. Uh, So I had like three or four music videos.
0: Really? I was like,
1: I'm going to make a, you know, animation studio, but
0: had you you gotten paid by this point? Because so far (laughs) you could get the videos just fine.
1: Getting paid was very difficult. Yeah. I kind of got paid for man, man. Not really. I got paid for plastic little kind of, everybody would offer you like little bits of money. And there was this band, Mixel Pixel. He, he, paid me for that. I can't remember how much, but it was like decent, but not enough to live off of, you know? I mean, and for the amount of time that you put into these things, it's like, I remember reading like professional music videos, get paid, you know, people that make them get paid like $10,000 at the least, Mm -hmm. which makes a lot of sense because it's, you know, so time consuming. And I mean, especially if it's animated, I did like the final music video that I did was a tiny bit animated and then mostly live action because I'm like I'm not I can't put myself into another music video like this but I was also working full-time I started teaching art and I was trying to do that too and I just kind of like yeah it was yeah. a lot
0: you said you started teaching so how did you get into teaching like were you teaching kids were you teaching college like what kind of things were you teaching
1: I started out teaching animation for after school programs and like you know different things like I started little programs at places hmm. like there's this community center that I started like animation, like a little animation program there like, elementary age to like middle school. And so I was thinking, Oh, I would do that. Like maybe I'll just go into schools and just do that kind of thing. But then like in 2008, I was also doing caricatures too. So I was like oh, wow. kind of balancing a couple different things. Okay. Cause <laughs> like when I graduated college, it seemed like there was a lot more money going around and then 2008 hit. Like a few years after I graduated college, and it was like, you know, the recession. So I ended up going back to school for teaching. So because I was doing a lot of teaching gigs, Mm -hmm. and I thought, you know, I might as well just get certified to teach. And my mom was a teacher, so she was encouraging it. My parents were both encouraging it because they're like, well, stability, and you know, you're you're an artist, you're not going to succeed at this.
0: (laughs) We went and got certified. How long does something like that take?
1: It took a year. I did like a year. Long program, student teaching for half of it.
0: After you got out of being certified, were you able to find a job teaching? And also was it in the arts?
1: I ended up moving a lot. So I was in Philly and then I ended up dating another artist and they went back to school for human computer interaction. At the time it's called human computer interaction. Now it's UX design.
0: Ah, okay. I was like, Uh, What the hell is that?
1: Yeah, nobody calls it that anymore. But he went to school, he moved to Pittsburgh and we were having a long distance relationship. So I was in Philly, he was in Pittsburgh, I got my certification and then I moved to Pittsburgh to be with him. I kind of gave up a lot of my, you know, my art practice kind of things. I substitute taught when I got to Pittsburgh because I I was licensed to teach in, in Pennsylvania. So I did substitute teaching for like three months and then my partner at the time decided he wanted to move to California, and then he got a job in San Francisco. So then I moved to San Francisco, because he was always like, Lindsay, you got to get out of Philly. You live there your whole life. Like, let's travel. We got to, like, see the world and get inspiration, that kind of thing. So I'm like, all right. Yeah, so that's why I moved to Pittsburgh, and then he went and moved to San Francisco. So I was like, all right, I should give it a try, you know, see what the other coast is like. And I got I had to get certified in California, which was take a bunch of classes again and get certified but in the meantime i got a job my first teaching job was at a charter school in uh, santa clara so i lived in san francisco and i commute like an hour down to santa clara every day and i taught digital art and and, i i I didn't get paid very well but you know it was like uh, (laughs) there seems to
0: be a running theme in this interview
1: (laughs) Uh, Oh, yeah it took me a long time to realize that like, I think I deserve to make some money. Yeah.
0: Did you move to New York for work or how did you end up back there? Or not back there. How well, did you end up there?
1: We got married and uh, we're not married anymore, but um, my ex <laughs> decided that we wanted to move back to the East coast, uh-huh. but we wanted to like try to be artists. Like, all right, we're going to do this. You know, we should try it New York just to try and see if we can.
0: What was your plan?
1: I mean, my plan, I was going to get a teaching job again and then, like, try to connect with, like, you know, animators that I used to know or, like, get involved with. I was going to get in touch with them and then, you know, try to reach out to people and reconnect. And I was thinking, oh, yeah, like, well, I had an art show in, like, Brooklyn that I curated once and maybe I could that could happen again. I was thinking it would be really easy uh-huh. you know, <laughs> to reconnect with people and everybody would remember me and it would just be... So easy and just natural. Yeah, when I got to New York, it was like really, really tough. It's a, it's a time thing and you have to be like dedicated. Figuring it out too because it's such a huge city. It was like a, a rude awakening.
0: Kind of. More of the show after this break.
1: to user experience design, UX design. Oh, you did? I did. I went to General Assembly and actually met my new husband there. Now I'm currently at Houghton Mifflin Hair Court, which is like a educational publishing company. So it's kind of like mixing my worlds together, and it, it, it has the potential to be a creative job. They're working on like a video, educational video game, having animated elements to it, and I'm starting to see the connection that could be possible between user experience design and animation maybe there's a potential for some creativity there Uh, and i love i love brainstorming animation i know that's like my passion because i get into these brainstorming sessions with people and i'm like i start to get really excited and happy like this is actually where i belong is in the animation realm Mm because my my current job is very you know practical user experience design so practical like where a button's placed and it's logical, it's practical. It's, but animation is like this thing that's, it feels like endless possibilities. Mm-hmm. And I really do want to get back into that. I just don't know how to like make that happen. You know, I, I'm thinking about trying to connect to people, maybe collaborate with animators I used to collaborate with or try to form new collaborations, do something for fun. Yeah. It doesn't have a lot of pressure and weight on it. I was thinking about doing little, like little animations that loop or something or just sort of like experimental things.
0: I feel like short animations are you say in a loop there that short animations have the opportunity to do something right now. Like you can do something that's really cool, really interesting and not have to spend an ungodly amount of time on it. And then maybe you could do more and build it up there. I mean, you look at things like TikTok or like the boomerang feature in Instagram or a lot of portfolios will just have animated GIFs that somebody will do like a really smooth Adobe Illustrator thing in there. But I see those all the time. And at the, at first I'm always like, that's not true traditional animation. And then I just stop myself and go, shut up. These people are doing animation. Why am I criticizing the fact that they're enjoying that? Let them do it. However you make it doesn't matter.
1: Part of it, I keep reading more, more, more things, and listening to things that it's like, You know, you're not a one, I guess it's like, it's still like an artist. (laughs) I was just reading that. Oh yeah. I read that too. Yeah. Yeah. My friend just got My coworker just bought that for me. So inspiring stuff like, you know, people aren't supposed to just do one thing. Like you have to like have your hand in a bunch of different things, especially, you know, as an artist to keep the inspiration going, you know, to keep it interesting. Mm Kind of just have to like do whatever you feel like doing and just have it all available to you. Mm -hmm. Like. I'll just dive into this today or this or you know just have it set up I think that's the key I've been painting a little I was
0: gonna ask you about painting because that one that's behind you you actually posted that recently how's how's that been going the painting
1: I'm trying to get inspiration from wherever you know like let it hit me and write it down and I just watched the Joker movie
0: were you a fan or were you not because I was everybody else is complaining I liked it
1: I did like it. I yeah. liked it. Okay. It's it's a kind of it like stuck with me. It was intense. And it was hard to watch. The some of the cin- cinematography it was really cool, and the shots are really cool. Um, the layering of uh, shots, like there's that one really cool scene where he's like on the bus, and there's like behind him there's like graffiti, and there's a window, and then it goes out to the street, and it's like these layers of like imagery. Kind of reminds me of like animation, just like the layers of imagery that the pains of like that Disney used to use like the different layers of,
0: uh, Oh, the multi camera.
1: Yeah. The multi-plane camera. Yeah. Is how we got depth in mm-hmm. animation, which is like the hardest thing to do, especially when there wasn't really that much computer animation at the time when he was doing stuff. I think that's always the thing I'm trying to figure out too, is just how to get depth. The reason why I get into painting too, is this like thinking about colors and how you can get depth by using colors and have more control over like color and, the limiting of color and like using everything in a more deliberate way, which I think is like something that the old masters and just like painting holds the key to understanding like imagery at a basic level. That's something that I never really learned when I was in art school.
0: Why do you do it?
1: Why do I do art? Yeah. There's a lot of reasons. Like just like the physical act of doing something like that, like creating something, it gives me satisfaction when I finish it, or just even doing it at all. Like I've noticed, like even just making a really crappy drawing, I still get satisfaction from that. Just putting a pen to a paper and and realizing that's the only thing you you can do that's free, like completely free, and nobody's telling you what to do. It's like freedom. I think Lori Anderson said that once. Later like art is like freedom there's no rules and laws and and just the act of doing something like that it's kind of rebellious too
0: what would you say is the most difficult thing about animation or painting or anything that you do artistically
1: i guess sitting down and just making yourself do it that's probably the most difficult thing for me Really? right now at the end of a day of like you know work or something or because I've been moving so much too, I think to actually be in a place of stability of like, you know, I can focus and have like a room. I mean, now I have a studio and a room, but I loved having a studio outside my house, but I like having a place to go outside my house to get really messy and, you know, not worry about, you know, messing up the floor or something like that, or the wall. (laughs) Nobody comes through and is like, what is this right now? (laughs) Like like when you're midway through something and that, Looks like crap, but there's potential there.
0: Yeah, it's the act of being able to walk away and just have a place that you go to. It's, yeah, yeah. the act of going somewhere, of unlocking a door and walking in, that that sort of thing. I, I get yep. that. Do you, do you do a lot of uh, 2D art or is it mostly like stop motion and, and mixed media?
1: Oh, like hand-drawn animation? Yeah. Yeah, I used to do a lot of that. It's like what I prefer the most because I think drawing like the, comes easiest to me.
0: So have you ever done any animation doing that in Flash or anything?
1: still using flash well now
0: it's called animate uh they changed the name of it yeah but and the reason i asked that is because i've been messing with and my god the learning curve is huge but it also involves 3d art the newest version of blender which is free to download it's 3d software but they have a plugin now that originally was just meant for annotation it was called grease pencil And you could like take notes on like something you were doing in 3D and you were able to use like a marker and draw, but the inking was really good. So people started, of course, you know, as people do, they started thinking how can we use this to do hand-drawn animation in Blender? And then finally Blender was like, hell with it. We're going to build it directly into it as 2D animation. So you're doing multi-plane animation. You draw on it. It sets up as a 2D environment, just like you would with traditional hand-drawn animation. Mm -hmm. But then you switch to say a 3d viewpoint you go outside of the camera and you can look and you'll see there's your drawing on a plane and you can like create things behind it and have stuff move like it's in a 3d environment but it's 2d animation it's really interesting and like the concept of it when you think of it it's like oh i get what you mean but when you try to use it it's such intense software that it's like I've, it, t- it took me like three weeks to do like a 10 second animation. It turned out super cool, but but it took me forever. But once you get it, it's one of those things where I feel like once you get it, it's just going to be like, oh, and I can do this and this. So I suggest checking that out if you want to see it. And it's free software. I would suggest yeah. trying that. That's both 3D and 2D animation mixed together. And with what you do, I would love to see what you do with that with that software. The way your mind works, it would be like you're doing 2D animation. It's like, but what if I brought in this fabric and you can bring in video? It would be perfect for you.
1: Yeah, wow. That's, That's what awesome. I
0: would give it a try. Did you, you
1: check that an animation too? I know you like comics.
0: Yeah, my comics are just a way for me to draw something every day. Like I literally only spend 20 minutes. Like I will not spend more than 20 minutes, and I just draw something that happens. So that way, I have a subject, and I make sure that I have to try and create an environment and a story within 20 minutes just to keep my chops up because I wasn't drawing ever and I'd always push it off so this was one way for me to do it for the animation yeah i it was one of those things kind of like your background where I was first I just wanted to get back in animation right around 2005 I was just searching following all these internet videos the best part was is since YouTube wasn't around I was able to download the flash files And you could open them up in flash and actually study the actual animation in flash. So I was going through in like the icebox videos and all that. I was learning just by actually breaking open these videos and looking at how they did it. So that's how I learned flash. And I started animating my own stuff based on that. And then there was a podcast I listened to called the radio adventures of Dr. Floyd. It was a, like a story podcast. And I was like, let me animate one of your episodes. And mm-hmm. the episode he had me animate, which at the time was cool. And now it has a very bad thing. It, it was uh, an episode where Jeffrey Tambor and Chris Hardwick <laughs> played like George Washington and uh, Thomas Jefferson, which was awesome to brag about at the time. And now both of them were like accused of, you know, I don't brag about that as much <laughs> anymore, but yeah, I, I got the opportunity to do it. I didn't know what to do with that. Like it got tons of hits and. I could have made more connections, but me being a dumb idiot was just kind of like, what do I do now? And then I just kind of sat there and was like, maybe if I sit still, everybody will leave me alone. And I missed like a huge opportunity. And that's why when I started this thing again, I was like, you know what, I'm just going to see what I can do by just reaching out to people again. And that's how this whole thing started. So that my background in animation was basically that like I had one class in high school and I've always been fascinated with animation and wanted to do it.
1: The hardest thing to teach like high school kids. I tried. I mean, a little bit, but yeah. I mean, it's such a hard thing to learn. Animation
0: it takes a second to watch; takes a lifetime to make.
1: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Interesting that you reached out to me because I, I I listen to all these podcasts that are very painting focused. Lots of painting focused podcasts. I was just thinking about how you know there's no podcasts that are like more broad for like all types of art, or I haven't really come across them. And I was just thinking I should start a podcast for animation or mixed media or something like that. You
0: should. Oh my God. You totally should. I would listen the hell out of that.
1: All <laughs> <laughs> right. Maybe I should. Yeah.
0: yeah. Well, I
1: feel the same way. I'm like at this place right now where I'm like, I've been living in New York for, I guess a couple years now. I moved out and then came back again, I'm trying to like establish more relationships with different artists and community. And I feel like that's where everything's going. It's just, It's like a small world and Mm -hmm. we can all like help each other. All artists go through the same thing, like motivation and keep going and how do you make money and all these things. I mean, it's amazing that you're doing this and there needs to be more, you know, connections and we're heading in a good direction, I think.
0: You absolutely should. There was, let me put it this way. I was doing nothing. I started this in 2017. I wasn't doing anything. I didn't know anybody. And I just was like, how can I meet other people? I could go show up and what am I going to do? Walk up to someone and go, hey, how are you doing? I'm an artist too. Uh, I wanted to know about them. So how do I do that? I go, hey, d- tell me about yourself and we'll let other people know about you. If you want to reach out and collaborate with more people, I recommend highly that you start one. And there's so many different ways you do it. I To break it up, like I did seasons, I'll just do a group of these, like I'll go do 13, 14 interviews record them all and put them out and then they get put out weekly and during while they're being put out i can kind of plan like i've pivoted what i've done several times it's a great platform to just meet people it's just networking
1: yeah you're like giving somebody else a platform you have also a platform people are getting to know you and then you're helping people know other people you should do it all right maybe i will
0: Lindsay also tells me about a children's book that she worked on
1: upside-down town it's a, a woman that she's like a homeless lady that is a yoga instructor and she finds a town of a bunch of people that are standing on their heads and she teaches them how to not have headaches again i'm not going to spoil the <laughs> <ending>. <laughs> i
0: love there's that there's a spoiler there's a- alert in the children's book
1: <laughs> yeah i don't want to give away the whole thing but okay It's been illustrated. It's done. It just has to be edited. And I have to find a a publisher. So if anybody knows anyone.
0: (laughs) Okay. You don't know uh, what date it'll be coming out yet?
1: No, I self-published it like a couple years ago. But I'm like, I I actually want to think I want to publish it under a real publishing company, I guess. I don't know what the pros and cons are, but it's kind of like my next step is to maybe publish it. Because then I think it'll actually maybe make money by itself without having to promote it. But it would be cool to get insight on that from a publishing company. Or, right. Yeah, I worked with somebody that's like he published a children's book and then it's still making money, like it's in the stores and he published it like maybe like 10 years ago or something. Yeah, so he, he sees like a check from it like every so often. Different from animation where I think like at one point YouTube was like, well, if you get under over a certain amount of hits for it, you make some money, but that never really happened.
0: learn more about Lindsay you can visit her website at lindsaycovenat.com the music for this episode is from the song just in case by my band Lorenzo's music at lorenzosmusic.com if you haven't already you can subscribe to this podcast at my website tomrayswebsite.com or on spotify or wherever else you get your podcasts just search for Tom Ray's art podcast i'll be back with another episode next week so until then so long